Always do what you're afraid to do. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Welcome back to another Coffee Talk. For today's Coffee Talk, I'm actually gonna be doing kind of like a life update q and I don't know, it just kind of felt like a while since we had just discussed things you guys wanna discuss. And so I reached out to you guys on Instagram and posted a story saying you could ask me anything you want. Today I'm gonna to go through the questions, give you guys my answers, and yeah, we'll just have a nice little, a nice little coffee chat. Today is the second ever coffee brew. Well, I mean, we've actually done so many coffee brews considering coffee brews were kind of like the OG of coffee talks. But today is the second ever coffee brew in terms of doing the new brew splits. So if you guys haven't seen like the espresso brews, which are more just an adulting related, the cosmic brews, which are more like spiritual. I just did one on manifestation last week, if you guys didn't see it. And then the decaf brews, which are about like, like health and wellness and the environment. So those are all the different brews. And then this being the coffee brew, we're gonna talk about just like more personal stories, more life chats. The way I kind of see coffee brews, I don't know why this is where my mind's going, but if we were like in a nice logged cabin out in the woods in the winter time, like skiing and snowshoeing, and then, you know, we wake up in the morning and we brew ourselves coffee and eat pancakes and like just talk about life. Like that's what I picture coffee brews being like. So if we could just all mentally enter that landscape and uh, sit down with a nice, hazelnut brew. I've already had three coffees today, guys. Otherwise I would have totally brewed one. Um, and uh, let's winter chat this out, I guess. The last thing I'll say, because I, I've noticed one thing, I need to like stop with the long ass intros, I know. But the other thing is, this is kind of iconic timing too, because I this will be the last coffee brew, if I'm not mistaken, of me being 25 years old. I turned 26 at the end of February. So yeah, this is kind of like the last final update, I guess, of my 25th year of existing on this earth. So I figured it's just like good timing to kind of do a life update with you guys. Anyways, let's jump into these freaking questions. Okay, let's Russian roulette it. How are you? <laughs> Helen Pauline asks, how are you? I'm good. Uh, like I said, I feel like I'm in a weird, not a weird state, but I've definitely been in a contemplative state lately. Like I think, I mean, I'm never not in a contemplative state if I'm being honest, but definitely just feeling like I'm thinking about life a lot lately. I am aware of the fact that I'm very, I'm very comfortable with the age that I am right now. That's one thing that I was recently thinking about that like in seven years, I'll be 32 and that still seems really young to me. <laughs> that like brought me a lot of comfort the other, when I was driving home from Kingston. I think because I'm turning 26, I've just been thinking a lot about like which direction I want to start heading in because how I am, I'm aware that these next few years are pretty much they're very like cementing in terms of if I get married, if I have kids, if I like find somebody that I want to like spend my life with. And then if I don't, and I feel like that's kind of like the second half of my twenties, like I'm comfortable with meeting somebody even in my thirties, but I don't necessarily want to. I'm comfortable with focusing on my career for another five years, but I don't also necessarily want to. So like, I'm kind of in a weird state where I don't know what way my life is really heading right now, but I'm really comfortable with where I'm at 
right here and 2020 is kind of just where I'm focusing and trying not to you know get too far ahead of myself but I just feel like I'm very I'm in a very contemplative state about what I really want more than anything because I, I want a lot of things you know in terms of life I want to do so much so yeah that's kind of how I'm at or how I'm at how I am Jade Pine, P-Y-N-E-E, -E, asks, how are you so at peace with yourself? That's a hard question for me to answer because I feel like there's two ways I could answer that. There's, the, there's me agreeing with you and me disagreeing with you. So I would say that in terms of being at peace with myself, I think that I'm still, that's a work in progress. I feel more at peace with myself than I used to be. I definitely feel the most at peace with myself than I've ever been. You wanna know how I feel? I feel like I've made peace with the things in my life that disturb my peace, if that makes any sense at all. Like, I'm still struggling with anxiety. I'm still struggling with things that I've struggled with for most of my life. But right now, in terms of being at peace with myself, I think that I've made peace with those things. Like, I'm starting to embrace my anxiety and try and work with it rather than feel frustrated or limited by it. I'm trying to, I guess, just take the obstacles or the things that feel like obstacles in my life. This is totally coming from the book I'm reading right now, but, and, and just use them to my advantage rather than making them feel like things I need to fix about myself. And I think that that is definitely that path and taking that kind of more spiritual and more soul journey recently has helped me find a lot more peace in my life, but that doesn't mean that I feel like I'm at peace with myself all the time. I still, there's times and days where I'll look in the mirror and I'll just feel like shit and I can't explain it. And it's just the way my, like, it's just the way you feel that day, you know? You just like, you're like, what the hell? And then like two days later, you can look at yourself and be like, oh, like, I can't believe I was so hard on myself. Like, why was I thinking that way? Or why was I being so critical? And so that's a, a very long answer to how am I at peace with myself? But I feel like, to be honest, I am and I'm not. And I think that that can be misconstrued sometimes with creating content online and especially content that I is very positive, like positive reinforcing content. It doesn't mean that I'm always feeling peaceful and positive. A lot of the times I feel like I make videos in a way to talk to like the younger me that didn't have this kind of advice, but also the versions of me now that still need that advice and just like how all of us are kind of collectively feeling a lot of the same emotions so why not just objectively look at them and talk about them what am i even talking about right now i don't even know if you want to be more at peace with yourself my advice would be to look within and to not be afraid with what you find don't be afraid of what you see if you find when you sit in stillness and you start to be aware, more aware of yourself and more conscious and curious about yourself that things come up that you feel like you're afraid of, be it anxiety, be it, you know, you like just so many, like if you catch yourself feeling really negatively about yourself, so many different things, just instead of running away from those things, use them as catalysts for change. Use them as things that you're open to accepting about yourself while you work with them. And then I think that you will find a lot more peace within. <sighs> that was a hard one. A-R-A-C-E-L-I-V-E-N-C-E-S dot A-V wants to know favorite Starbucks drink. Uh, currently, I go through waves, but I'm currently on a blonde hazelnut almond milk latte wave and it is scrumptious, let me tell you. Was it hard to find balance between yourself and your boyfriend from Demi Marie 419 Okay, so again, I feel like I can pull from 
a few different experiences because like I've lived with a boyfriend. I have had a long distance relationship with a boyfriend. I have dated someone for an extended period of time without living with them. And so from my experiences with dating and balancing time with yourself, I think that in all relationships, a priority needs to be still being able to embrace who you are as an individual. Like if you think about it in the sense of family, right? Like no matter the relations or the ties, when you look at a family core, like as a kid, as a parent, it doesn't matter what person you take in that family core, as much as they are part of the core, they also need to be an individual in order to bring things into that core, you know? And so when you take that and you turn that into a relationship, as you get older and you go from being this kid that was a sibling and a daughter and a whatever, and you go into a relationship, it can sometimes get really easy to hyper-focus on you and your partner because there aren't multiple roles in that partnering, you know? Like, you're just a girlfriend or you're just a boyfriend. And so for that reason, I think that it can be very easy, especially in the first few relationships in life, to kind of just hyper-focus on the person you're dating and to stop living your own separate life, stop having your own separate interests and things to bring to the table. So I think especially during the dating period, like if you're not married yet, I think you start to figure those things out as you get older and you start to think about marriage and those types of things. But when you're dating, in order to balance yourself and your boyfriend, it needs to be a core value of both people in the relationship to understand that yes like there is a relationship here there's a role that we now play in each other's lives but that role still isn't our only role we are still daughters sisters friends you know co-workers and so we need to be able to branch off and still give to those other components of our lives and that way too I think that that makes relationships stronger because then two people can come back together with the other things and other parts of their life that they're living and then create a more multi-dimensional and like a, a more rich relationship so in order to actually get that if you feel like you're in a relationship where you're not honestly just talk to the person that you're dating like embrace that just be like yo I feel like it would be really beneficial if yes like we obviously love spending time together and it's a comfortable place to be but it would might it might be a good idea for us to like push ourselves to get outside of our comfort zones and and to do things away from each other so that when we come back together you know absence makes the heart grow fonder so you're definitely going to feel more like when you see that person again but also too you get more balance in your life and that is important because i think that relationships can sometimes fail for the like with the best of intentions because people get so excited about each other and that feeling is like a cocktail for your brain your brain is just like yee i feel like this person is like a drug and i just want to take them all the time but that is kind of like in a way I'm jambled today, guys. Can you tell the three coffees are kicking in? Let's break it down this way. I was thinking about relationships one time as pizza, <laughs> of course, and I was thinking about this person in particular that I liked at the time, how they felt like pizza to me, where it was like, obviously I always want pizza. And obviously if I can have pizza, if pizza was healthy for me, I would eat a whole freaking pizza every hour on the hour if I could, but I know that I shouldn't. And so that in a lot of ways is the same way with relationships. You get into relationships, you get really excited about somebody, you really like them, your body chemistries are just like sinking and also firing off all of these like neurons and all of this stuff inside your body, all these hormones, so you're just gonna want to like take that easy pathway of like let's just like never separate but that's not healthy and I think that when you you know restrain a little bit just like you restrain from eating a pizza every hour on the hour that that is healthy that is 
no matter what you replace it with, anything needs balance. Kara Rochelle, how do you find your true self and love yourself? Ooh, that's a deep question. I feel like I kind of touched on this a little earlier. I think that the best way to find your true self and to love yourself is to, I mean, first and foremost, can I just say simplify it? Like, I think, and I do this to myself sometimes too, I almost overcomplicate what it means to just find yourself. Like you already are yourself, you're good. You don't have to like do anything crazy to find yourself. A lot of the times it's kind of right in front of us, but we tend to overlook it or we tend to miss it because we're not making the, the mind body reality connection that like this is our life and our lives and everything around us is such a reflection of ourselves and our relationships are such reflection of like reflections sorry of ourselves so you already know who you are if you're struggling though with the loving yourself part which i feel again in my own life experience i've felt that before too where i've felt like i was on a discovery mission to like just to find myself and love myself. But it made me realize that I, I think what it actually was was just a lack of, of love for the things that I already could see. So there was things that I didn't like about myself. So I was kind of telling myself that I was on a journey or trying to discover who I was because where I was at that point didn't feel good enough for me to love. And I think that that splits off in two ways for me and my, again, experiences. For starters, I think that that can be a good thing because that is, again, it's a catalyst for change. So if you notice things about your life, about yourself even, in self-reflections, you know, moments where you maybe catch yourself not being the best version of yourself, moments where you feel yourself getting frustrated or you lash out or you make a mistake or, you know, you just let, we all have ugly sides. And when we let our ugly sides show, sometimes it can kind of scare us into thinking like, this can't be who I am. Like this, it's just, that's not who you wanna be. And so I think that that can be a good thing but I also think that we have to find that healthy balance of also accepting ourselves as we are so that we can love ourselves and I fear that I'm complicating this when it doesn't need to be if you really want to find yourself and you really want to love your true self I don't think there's truly anything you really need to do and that's a good thing because that means that you can do that right now like how good would it feel to let go of all of that searching and all of that you know, need for change in order to give yourself what you're looking for. Just give it to yourself. Just give yourself love. And then from there, you can continue to evolve upon yourself. Like you can continue to discover more about life, which will show you more reflections of yourself. But you already know who you are and you are already completely and 100% lovable as you are. So give that to yourself because that will make your life more enjoyable. You'll stop feeling like your whole life is you chasing to find yourself and instead you'll realize that as long as you realize that you're already in the car. Like you don't, you don't need to find the car, you're already driving the car. And if you love the car you're already in, it's going to make the whole journey so much better and like the tune-ups and the things you need to do along the way more fun. It's more about kind of the the road trip, if you will. Yeah, anyway, that's my opinion. I feel like, does anyone wanna slap me in the face today? Cause I feel like I'm not actually like, I feel like I'm getting very crafty with my answers and just changing the entire structure of the question. Fallout Holly wants to know how to deal with intrusive and disordered thoughts surrounding food. Ooh, heavy question. Um, 
That's a good one though. That's a good one. I want to just make a, a quick disclaimer just because I feel like I always, I should, I always should. And if I ever forget, I apologize. I, I, I should always disclaim this, that I am not the beacon of knowledge in this criteria that I can only ever speak from personal experience. I can only ever give based off of what I have seen, what I have felt and how I've worked with it. So don't base too much off of my answer. I definitely think that these are topics that need to be discussed with professionals and topics that need to be discussed with your doctor and, and perhaps a therapist, which is what I chose to do with my own kind of intrusive thoughts and about and disorderly behaviors with food. I kind of recently, I actually did an update about this in, in last week's vlog, but my recent mindset on the matter is that I think again, when you become aware of things, that is the catalyst for change. And it doesn't need to be overnight change. It just needs to be, you just need to have a strong enough why. And so from my experience, the way that I've handled food and the relationship and how I've tainted that relationship, it's one of those things where all relationships, be it with people or be it with yourself, are kind of like bank accounts. I'm stealing this totally from uh, the seven habits of highly effective people and Bentley's also having a dream beside me and snoring. So if you look at all relationships like a bank account, you can withdraw, which is like, you know, you're taking things from that relationship or you can give into that relationship. And I kind of look at my relationship with food in the same way. I took so much withdrawals for so long that I'm still in the process of depositing more love back into that account and depositing more like healthy mindsets, more like better energy, better intentions. And the more that I do that, the stronger that becomes. So, I mean, there are still days where, like I said, I'll look in the mirror and I'll feel like crap and my brain it's wired now to do and to think certain ways where it's like, Oh my God, I feel like crap. I shouldn't eat so much today. But because I'm aware of that and me realizing that that is taking a withdrawal from the account that I'm like really trying to build back up, I can then instead flip that thought. And instead of taking the withdrawal, I can use that instead as an opportunity to put a new deposit in. It's like, you know what? You don't look like crap today. You might feel like a little bloated maybe, or maybe the outfit that you were kind of trying to hope for isn't working out the way you wanted. Maybe it's just a mindset of like, you're not even realizing that you were just scrolling on Instagram and you might not even mean to, but you're comparing your body right now to something you just saw five minutes ago and it's making you feel like inadequate. But the awareness part is the most important part because then it gives you that doorway of opportunity, that space before you decide to commit to that thought of like a disordered behavior with it or to choose the more hurtful path before you choose it because it is part of your wiring in my, again, in my experience, I'm talking about things that I feel like are, but it gives you that sense to be able to be like, wait a second, is this something I still want to commit to? Is this something I still want to believe in? Or is this just old, like an old tape that got pulled back up to the front that I now need to replace with a better one? Like, how can I change this withdrawal of love from myself and enjoyment from my life? And and instead turn this into a deposit, turn this into a moment of stepping closer to the kind of person I want to be rather than stepping away. You know, again, that's a hard question to answer, but that's kind of where I'm at with it. And, uh, it's, it's a growing process, you know, depending on how much you withdrawed from that account, depending on how far you got along that pathway to try and turn around. Once you turn around, it's easier 
to keep heading back in that direction. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna hit moments where there's a bump in the road, but don't let that bump in the road turn you back around because the path is easier that way. Just step over the bump, pick yourself back up, you know, dust yourself off and just keep heading out of like away from that pathway because that pathway, it, it doesn't lead anywhere good. It doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't make you feel loved. It doesn't make your body feel any better. You know, that's kind of my mindset lately with it. So yeah. Victoria Novakova wants to know, are you happy? You looked sad the past few months, so I hope it is better now. That's again, it's a, I am happy. I'm very happy. But like I kind of mentioned earlier, I'm in a contemplative state in my life. I'm sorry if that's made me seem sad. I definitely don't feel, okay, how can I be honest about this without just like overshare? In terms of my like natural neutral state, I am happy. That said, there are definite like obstacles in my life right now that I'm working through. And those obstacles sometimes, I think just how I am with, like how my brain works, how I can be sometimes is when there's obstacles, I put my all into shit. Like I will throw my whole heart into something. I feel my way through things. And so, even when I'm really, like I can feel 10 emotions at once. It's a weird concept, but like I can be really happy and really sad at the same time and hold space for those in a weird way. And I'm happy in the sense of like, I love my life. I love Bentley. I love you guys. Like I love work. I love like my friends and my family and like all of the things that are going on this year, the trips I have planned. Like when I think about those things, I'm like, yes, like I'm so happy. But at the same time, if I were to give you an honest, objective view from my life, I think I'll look back on this year as like a very eye-opening year for what was most important to me. And I think that the things in life that I love, I love a lot, but I still think that there are things that I want to love in my life that I, I feel the space in myself to love that aren't here yet. And sometimes that like hollowness, that little open space that I'm like waiting to fill, I'm trying to find the best way to describe this because I sometimes get a little nervous saying this out loud. It's not that I think there's a piece of you missing when you're not like in love or when you're in that in-between of you're not living in your core family anymore, but you also haven't built your own. I think that that period of your life is meant to do the contemplation. So I think that I am exactly where I should be and that I'm dealing with obstacles that are meant for anyone that's kind of in the phase of my life that I'm in. That said, it sometimes makes me sad, like, but it's, it's most of the times my neutral state is pretty damn happy or just like, I feel like I'm coasting right now, you know? And I'm really comfortable with that. So I guess my answer is really neither. I, I feel both of those things and none of those things and all of those things at the same time. I am literally today just taking your questions and just warping them. Abby May XO wants to know, how do you cope with burnout slash the constant pressure to perform? Damn, you guys are asking some hella good questions. Keep me on my toes. I would say that this is also kind of one of those things that is a, is a question in my life right now. I think that we all don't realize kind of how much technology has changed us and is changing us 
in this moment, like actively. And technology is changing at such a rate. And my job is a job that like literally didn't exist like 10 years ago. Wait, maybe 10 years ago. It was probably starting around 10 years, 2010. Yeah. So like it's a new, we're in a new, we are so this gener, I can't even form the thought. We are in a really cool time in the world. Pivotal. That balance of not burning out, that balance of always feeling like we need to do things as much as it is a role in terms of like performing and in terms of, I don't really like performing, but I would say creating. I would say that I, I can't just stop creating. That is one thing that I, I know, like I, I know that I'm taking the month to go do my yoga teacher training, sorry. And I'm going to be creating the whole time I'm there and not because I feel I have to partially, but I, it's because I genuinely love it and I genuinely want to. And I, I think that our worlds can sometimes feel like we're on a bit of a treadmill and it can feel like life is moving and we constantly need to stay on. We need to get the degree. We need to get the marriage. You need to have the family, you know, chase the hobby, build the business, write the book. Like that kind of feels like the mood of a lot of what we're seeing with social media. It's like, let's just be the most hyped up successful versions of ourselves. So even outside of having to create slash perform all the time and that burnout, I think everybody is experiencing that or has experienced that on some level of like, we are entered into this world and then we're put into school and then we're kind of put on this pathway. We're put on this timeline of, of like, okay, and next, and then next, and then next. And so when you think kind of back to, in terms of our great ancestors, they were really good at knowing how to relax and I think that that is something that is so missing from the world today is that none of us really take time to relax anymore like even with Coz, I'm trying to learn how to run a business and I have to be like three seasons ahead and that is hard for me sometimes it's good for me in my in the Capricorn phase of my birth chart loves that because I'm like I'm such a, I love to plan things and I love to like be organized but the Pisces side of my chart does not like it because it's like, I'm not, th I, that's not where I am right now. I'm here right now. And is it okay that I can just be here? And so this is the most deeply perplexing answer to this question of burnout, but it's honestly one of those things that has been really, again, it's, it's a theme that I'm thinking about a lot lately because I love the generation we live in. I love how much power individuals have. I love that we can create brands and that we can create messages and that we can create content and that we can document so much and that we were all so ambitious. And I love that aspect of living in today's world. I also think that that ambition can fricking burn and it can burn us all out. And I think that nobody, I won't say nobody, I'm sure there are people that have learned that balance for themselves, but I don't think that we've nailed it yet. Like, I don't think we are realizing how overdrive our brains are running all the time and how much technology just like, just heightens that because you wake up and you look at your phone and you're getting like a thousand signals and messages and all of these things just from reading like five tweets. You know what I mean? That's like five completely different places for your brain to go in the span of 10 seconds versus back in the day, waking up slowly to like 
the sound of nature and like stepping outside and just like breathing in and, and being like, okay, like today I'm going to spend an hour going and collecting berries and then I'm going to come back and hang out with all the kids in the village. Like that is, and that sounds wild. The book, one of the books I'm reading is about the evolution of just like humans and human sexuality. And so I wonder what it would have been like to live back then because as much as I love this generation and I love living in the world in this time, the part of me that is very aware of like my emotions all the time knows that it's really unhealthy to always be on. And I don't think that that's just a my job thing. I think that's literally just like the era of life that we live in thing. Like we all always have to be on, like we're in, we're so scheduled, we're so regimented and uh, you can't plan to relax, you know what I mean? Because that kind of takes the the flow out of relaxing sometimes. Again, I'm speaking as if everything is so, but I, I mean that quite generally. Did I even answer your question, man? I don't know, but apparently I felt like falling down some wormholes today and that is the answer I have to how I deal with burnout. I don't think that there is a way for me to ever fully like deal with burnout aside from just being aware when I'm when I'm starting to feel too much and sometimes having to abandon my plan and sometimes having to stick it through because I also think that like consistency and like your word is important man I'm j I don't know I'm still figuring it out so yeah there you guys have it that was today's coffee talk I I'm feeling very inspired by your guys's questions I I love how deep these questions are and how thoughtful these questions are and like thought provoking these questions are. And so perhaps since there's like literally there's so many of those questions that I didn't get to, maybe if you guys are cool with it, let me know if you liked today's coffee talk kind of like sit down and just talk about life um, because I can answer more of those questions for the next few coffee talks if you guys want. Aside from that, I hope you guys enjoyed just talking about all of these little life things today and uh, I'll talk to all of you guys in the next coffee talk. Bye guys. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.